I don't have COVID. I have a negative rapid and a negative PCR. Good old fashioned cold. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I completely lost my voice. I would say towards the end of last week, like last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like I started getting sick. Wow, perfect timing for that, huh? I know because. On Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, I am trying out on a morning show here in town. So I'll be back on the radio for the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight months, something like that. But I'm also in the running for another job with like a marketing ad firm. And I have like a writing assessment and a second interview with them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting week. And yeah, perfect timing to, you know, you always wonder like when you get great opportunities, like how I always do, like, how am I going to blow this? You know, and then sometimes your body just, you know, does it for you. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, absolutely. Brain, brain, take it easy. Let me handle this one. <laughs> How about the first cold in two years? Yes, I love it. That's great. <laughs> um, all right. Should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right. Well, I, we're we're yeah. probably like two minutes into the episode now after I've edited <laughs> all of that out. Yeah, it's not as long as I thought. I thought I went on for a long time, but it's only like, yeah. It's not as long as I thought it was, but welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today, it's come to this. We will be talking about the finale, parts one and two, interestingly enough, as it's written, even though it didn't run like that, it was just called the finale. It's not like they broke up in the middle or something <laughs> like that when it ran, but the finale, season nine, episode 22. But before that... Uh, what does it deal with stuff from our last episode, The Clip Show? There's not too much. Oh, I'm sorry, The Chronicles. <laughs> uh, the Chronicle, I mean. we. I just have a couple of uh, trivia notes here. Both parts of The Chronicle were seen by 58.53 million viewers. Ooh. Yeah, and to accommodate the long running time of the finale, The Chronicle ran for 45 minutes on its initial airing. When rerun, it was split into two half-hour episodes with that new scene added to introduce the second episode, as I mentioned during the show last week. And uh, I was right about this when George, Jerry, and Elaine are dancing to the Michael Jackson song, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. We see them do yeah. the swim down a hallway. <laughs> and that was not a clip from any episode that had been seen. Well, it's not a clip from any episode, <laughs> but it was an outtake from the final episode that aired directly after the clip show <laughs> on NBC. So that was how groundbreaking Jerry was. He put a clip from an episode that had not been shown yet in his clip show. <laughs> A blooper from an episode that hadn't even aired yet. I mean, that's innovative. That's innovative. And that's it. Now, I know you had some homework you were going to do. I did do a search on this, but I couldn't dive very deep on it. I'm wondering if you found any articles about finale theories. No, honestly, I, I totally forgot that I was going to do this. <laughs> and I feel like it is very apropos for our show. Yeah. For me to just say, eh, whatever. Let me see if I can just do a live Google. Yeah. Seinfeld, probably what? Original, the original finale theories? Yeah. This is just like the fan theories subreddit. Actually, this is a good one. Uh, oh. Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer all die in the plane crash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's just like a, uh, I mean, this is posted three years ago. This isn't like an original theory of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. So may maybe I'll like do actual research on that, but I'm going to hedge my bet on that I will not. Yeah, right. Well, I'm guessing we're going to have to do one, like one follow up episode with homework and stuff from this episode next week, maybe like just a wrap up or something like that. Um, <laughs> and so maybe that maybe next week we'll uh, we'll find some more finale theories. But because uh, I remember, uh, like, I do remember a lot of them being written about. But yeah, it's tough to search unless you could search like just Hold the on. year 1998. Yeah, you know? I wonder if there's got to be a, like a Google shortcode of how to search nothing after a certain date, right? Yeah. Or, like, just search only the year 1998. 
Okay, here. To get results before a given date, add before colon year, 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 dash mm, dash day, day to your search query. For example, searching the best donuts in Boston before 2008-01-01 will yield content from 2007 and earlier. Okay, so I got to do this. Let's see. Seinfeld finale theory. And what was it? Before colon 1998-05-dash. I'll do the day before to be certain that I'm not getting like any think pieces of the finale once it had just aired. Here we go. Here's a New York Times article called... It's like a Seinfeld episode, an obsessive compulsive concern with nothing much. Uh, that doesn't sound like anything. I found this um, article from the Buffalo News from May 6, 1998, about, like, they did a, a reader contest for how Seinfeld should end the next week. And they got a lot of stuff like, George has a choice of being either committed to a mental institution or joining the witness protection program. Elaine gets breast implants. Jerry gets deported to India. That's funny. Uh, Kramer <laughs> becomes a song and dance man on Broadway. Uh, Kramer wins the lottery. And these are all just like fan submitted? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Let me see. So so they've written like an entire synopsis of the episodes uh, of, of the way they think it should end. A lot of lottery stuff. Really? Yeah. That's odd. Jerry goes off to Hollywood to make a movie. Elaine marries Putty. Kramer pursues his invention of the bladder for oil cargo ships and makes millions. And George ends up in a mental hospital after having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I definitely thought he was going to have something of a nervous breakdown <laughs> watching like the first couple minutes of this episode. I'm like, George is on something more than he normally is. <laughs> George's uh, George attempts to have his parents committed. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, this is a really long, long article where people okay. just kind of wrote and wrote and wrote. But yeah. I'm yeah, not finding anything there. good on this search. Uh, OK, so did we have any news or anything? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, don't know how this is the first episode you are listening to, but <laughs> hey, may maybe it's five years into the future. Maybe President Jeff Bezos has said the best way to listen to podcasts is in reverse order, starting with the finale. <laughs> uh, but then again, I mean, th there will be episodes after this, so you just chose like episode one or e e episode 172 of our podcast and started to work towards the, the beginning. But that being said, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 19 minutes being exclusively bullshit. I'm not even going to say anything else, but it's just all <sighs> bullshit. Uh, we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen this, I've never seen this show before ever. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description. If you like what you hear, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and we will send you a No Hugging No Learning sticker free of charge. Uh, we just ask that you give us like a, an email or a tweet telling us that you did because sometimes we don't always see them even if you want to send a screenshot of your review if you actually take the time to write something we'll read it on the air that's that's totally that's totally fine if you would also like to support us and you want to throw us a little bit of money you can do so at patreon.com slash no hugging where we will get you about two movie reviews a month all in the seinfeld universe and what do we mean by the seinfeld universe tim we mean anybody who has appeared in seinfeld Ever. Doesn't matter how big their role is. We've done movies that it's just like, oh, hey, this extra was uh, is a star in this movie. Or oh, yeah. 
this side character, ranging all the way up to the big four. We've done movies for all of them. And even Larry David. And even Larry David, yeah. Wait, By what the Larry way, David movie did we do? We did Sour Grapes, His uh, the one he oh, wrote. Oh, shit, that's right. Did he direct <laughs> that one, too? I forget. I think that he just wrote it. I, I totally forgot about Sour yeah, Grapes. Yeah. That's how fucking bad that was. By the way, uh, <laughs> did you see that... Um, uh, oh, Hocus Pocus 2 is wrapped, so it might be out in time for our, uh, our Halloween special next year. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing for this <laughs> Halloween, man. Oh, my God. Okay, but, but yeah, patreon.com slash nohugging. Five bucks a month will get you that, plus uh, all the stuff that we clip from each week's episode. Some weeks there's more than than others. Some weeks there will be like three minutes of content. Other weeks there will be 25 minutes of, uh, of extra content. It just depends on how our weeks are going, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. It's been busy. It's been a busy it, January, surprisingly. It's It's been busy, yes. Okay, all of that being said, Season 9, Episode 22, The Finale, Part 1 and 2, as is titled by Netflix. <laughs> Original air date, May 14th, 1998, the same night as the clip show, the second part of the Seinfeld finale spectacular. I, that's another thing. I would like to know like what NBC was, was billing it. You know, yeah. what, what were they promoting the night of Seinfeld centric programming as? Yeah, I bet there's a lot of YouTube commercials out there and stuff about it. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I, I might go look that up after after we're done here. Uh, I was five years, four months and 24 days old at the time of this episode. And Tim, if you're counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, it's uh, it's going to not take you a long time at all because we've got <laughs> one episode remaining until we become a, do we, do we actually want to reveal it here? Or do we want to save that for the end of the show? I think we should save that. I think we should save it, and especially if we're going to do a wrap-up, like with homework and stuff from this episode, we can just do it next week, you know? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as what we're potentially going to become... God, we didn't. Oh, um, how about like a finale theory? Like, <laughs> we'll look at every TV show airing right now. Like every week, we'll pick one and we'll just we'll just theorize we, what the finale is going to be. Or hear me out on this. Okay, we only watch the finales oh. of popular shows. I like that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I feel like that came up before. Like we watch the first one and the last one or something like that. Oh I think yeah, that was already a, an idea. Yeah. Oh shit, we're just re- we're just repeating all of our all of our ideas now. Yeah, that <laughs> just shows you it's time to end it. Yeah, my god. <laughs> The the real show that we're becoming after this is nothing because <laughs> Tim, we've abandoned this bit. But I I think you might remember we were counting down to the day of your death. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so I'm not even gonna have to decide what job yeah. I take or no. Or it's it's you're, it's it's, all... it's 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 all over. Well, you know what's funny? A long time ago, we we tried to do the math and saw if we did an episode a week, how long would it take us? And the date we came up with, I wrote down, we'd be done May 15th, 2022. But somehow, oh, wow. somehow How we did beat we... that. I don't know. <laughs> How did we move that up by four months? I have no by, idea. But three, three and a half months. What Especially happened? because we didn't do an episode every week. We, well, you know, yeah. we did, we did combine, <laughs> but even if we did whatever, 13 more weeks is not, still not May, you know, even if our episode count was the same as Seinfeld's, you know, we, yeah, we and breaks, that's only we counting. Did, yeah. That's only counting 50 episodes a year because, yeah. I mean, we we do uh, our Christmas episode is the last episode of the year right. e- each year. And then we take a week off. And then, yeah. Yeah. No idea. How, how did that happen? No idea how we were so far <laughs> off, but we were wrong. And that bit paid off. So I don't know what episode that happens in, but there we go. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. Okay, well, if you are looking in TV Guide this night, you are going to see... And, I mean, we can read both of our, our descriptions if you want to. Yeah, because um, if you look I, in TV Guide, you truly wouldn't see any information. The plot was completely yeah. under wraps for this whole thing. No one knew what it was going to be about. Yeah, so I guess I should just say, uh, if you are looking at Netflix... You yeah. are going to see Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer are arrested for violating a good Samaritan law, leading to a trial featuring characters from the show's past. But if you are looking in TV Guide, Tim, what are they going to see? They are going to see plot details are few, if not totally non-existent. But this final episode of the comedy series is all but guaranteed to draw one of the biggest network TV audiences of recent times. All sorts of rumors have been spread about the respective destinies of Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer, but those end here. Nevertheless, many familiar faces from past episodes are expected to turn up in the course of the story. Note that the start time of the episode is tentative, since at press time, the final cut wasn't complete. So if you weren't there watching the clip show, you might have missed like the first 15 minutes, because we know the clip show ran for 45 minutes, and then the finale went extra long. Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, I'm I can't imagine that this uh, wasn't absolutely padded with commercials, though. Oh yeah, it was like the Super Bowl, probably. Yeah, they they probably made sure the finale is starting like as close to top of the hour as possible. Yeah, yeah, maybe even pushing the eleven o'clock news if they had to. That that would be the more <laughs> preferable. Um, oh oh wait, yeah, and and I'm sure that yeah. that commercial break before, like the the five minutes leading up to what time was Seinfeld normally on eight nine, nine o'clock nine nine yeah. o'clock that that like eight fifty five to nine o'clock commercial break probably more expensive than the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I don't know who was in ninety eight. Probably the Niners. They were always no, not that late. I don't know. But after Seinfeld was the season finale of ER, and the the synopsis for that is. Past treatment of a drug-addicted baby complicates Ross's life. Wow. Ooh. Heavy. Always <laughs> heavy on ER. Um, okay. So I think that's it, right? We're ready to get going? I think so, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start with a stand-up bit. Not for a very long time, but we started with a stand-up bit. Yeah. But this is about meetings are called sit-downs now. We should sit down. I want to sit down with you. And then if we can't decide, we'll sleep on it. Maybe we're not getting low enough. Maybe not we should a, all lie down. Yeah. yeah, not a bad bit. I like that. I felt like the audience laughed at the wrong part of that sleep on a bit because they're like, he's like, we should sleep on it. Huge laugh. Maybe we're not getting low enough. That's the funny part of the joke to me. But the audience doesn't make any noise at all. Like it's all canned, of course. <laughs> but like, I feel like they inserted it in the wrong spot. I feel like I feel like we're not getting low enough is the funnier part of that bit. But maybe that's yeah. just me. <laughs> uh, and we open at Monk's and George is upset because the waitress won't come and check on them. But he needs ketchup and the couple behind them won't give up their ketchup to George uh, in a very blatant fuck you kind of way like oh what my do you god think? yeah you want to give it to him Nah, we're not going to give it to you we might need it <laughs> yeah I, I might need it occasionally. Yeah, occasionally first off who needs ketchup like occasionally throughout a meal like you I, I mean I I don't drizzle ketchup over my fries no I, I normally pile it in the corner of the plate and I, I dip but like I normally don't need it more than once no, no, yeah. Even if I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll scrape up the ketchup on there before I dump more ketchup on the <laughs> yeah, plate. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll like, I'll actively like squeegee yeah. the remaining ketchup yes. off of my plate with a fry. I will mash that fry into my plate, trying to get the remaining ketchup off of it <laughs> before I pick up that bottle again. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being, you know, conservative. I guess. You know, I'm, I'm like conserving. 
the ketchup supply because uh, I know I'm going to squirt more on there than I need because there's only and a couple wh- more fly- fries left. And while we're being conservative, let's talk about these borders. <laughs> yeah. The border and- between the ketchup and the fries, I, I mean. <laughs> Build the wall of fries around, I don't know, <laughs> around your ketchup. <laughs> George, you mentioned this already, though, but George is in a mood. Like, already, George is in a mood. Yeah, he's very... <laughs> Very uptight to start this episode. Yeah. And then the couple, like, turns around and gives him an empty ketchup bottle. Really, I don't even know what this scene... Like, that's all that really happens in this scene. <laughs> Nothing much happens except uh, I, that. I mean, we're it's it's establishing that George wants his 15 minutes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the mood he's in. Like, why can't I be a success? What? When's it going to finally happen for me? But also... When, when's it yeah. going to happen? When's it going to finally happen for us nice guys? Yeah, exactly. Out on the street, Kramer pulls up with Elaine, and Kramer says there's something in the air, and he's going to go to the beach because it's such a nice day. This is where Jerry says you're turning into Burt Lancaster. What? Did, uh, did, did you know who this is? I recognize the name, <laughs> but I don't know why... <laughs> Kramer saying it's such a nice day means he's going to turn into birth. I'm going to write it down, though. I don't know what the um, hell he means by it. We, we also get the guy walking by on the sidewalk before Kramer pulls up who just greets Jerry and Kramer or Jerry and George by just saying, nice day. Yeah. And both a- of them are just like, what is that? What, what, I know. What, what? I like how much they hate that. Ugh, just don't <laughs> say anything. You don't have to say something. <laughs> Elaine, though, cracks up at, like, you're turning into Burt Lancaster. Like, that gets a a chuckle from Elaine. So it must be a funny reference, but I don't get it. Elaine has a sweet cell phone, and she calls her friend Jill on the street and asks if her father is okay. But there's lots of static, and she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll, I'll talk to you later. And Jerry and George both say that's a huge faux pas. Oh, I can't take my important time at home, so I'll just call you from the street. Like... This bit is yeah. so poorly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because uh, they're saying like, oh, it's obviously going to be staticky. It's a cell phone. Yeah. Cell phones are the worst <laughs> way to communicate with people. And they always will be. Yeah. But like in Jerry and George just laying into her. Jerry's just doing like his normal like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Should have known better. But George is really getting into it saying, why don't you think before you do something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He steps over Jeez. a line. <laughs> But they said, like, a cell phone call is the lowest form of call, which is just hilarious because that's all anybody talks on now. It's just so funny. But, yeah, George steps over a line and Elaine is like, here's a thought. Bye. And uh, just just bounces. Uh, Up in Jerry's apartment, George tries peeing with the door open and Jerry says, let me, if you're thinking about instituting an open door bathroom policy, let me disabuse you of that notion. And talks about how, well, if we start doing this, it's just going to become a big pee party. Superman is on the shelf, and Jerry has a message from Elizabeth Clark from James Kimbrough's office at NBC. It's a lot of exposition, right? Like, yeah. very quickly. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's another moment that comes up also, which is the same thing, like the phone being used for exposition. But James Kimbrough is the new president of NBC, and they're interested in Jerry, the sitcom from like five years ago, the show within a show. Uh, and they want to meet with them. Over at 30 Rock, George is still in his mood. He is yelling for water. He wants to be offered water, so I'm going to check on them. Jerry tells George <laughs> not to blow this meeting. If they want it to be about something and not nothing, that's their decision. Let's not blow this. And Kimbra is there with Jay Crespi 
And I recognize the other guy. I don't know if that was supposed to be, because there was like Crespi and then Chris Parnell played the other NBC exec, but that's definitely not Chris Parnell. No. Um, I forget what they call him. Is it like... Uh, Stu something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stu and or Jay. Was it, Stu? it wasn't Stu Crespi, was it? It was Jay Crespi? Yeah, I think it was Jay okay. Crespi. Okay, and... but Stu was the other guy's name. Okay, well then uh, Stu is... Oh, Stu Chermack. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. They just recast him. Yeah, they just recast him. I guess because Chris Parnell was, you know, not available. Maybe he was even on SNL or something at that point. Yeah. So, but I recognize this actor that played James Kimbrough too. I, I don't know where he's from. I'm gonna write that down. But so, um, let me see. Oh, uh, George actually. Jerry tells him not to try to spell the president's name, but he does anyway, and he actually gets it right. And George actually is—is uh, is he being charming, or do you think the suits are just being polite? to these people they want to be in business with. Oh, they're being very polite. <laughs> I was going to say, George is like kind of pulling this off. The only time I would describe George as being charming is on opposite day, <laughs> which it yeah. was recently. Yeah, when he does the opposite of every, anything that he uh, wants to do or, you know, chooses the opposite of any of his decisions. <laughs> but George, uh, Jerry does still have to pull him back several times, though. Like, um, Oh, yeah. Like he gets into like a, a whole bit. Uh, the NBC execs are saying that uh, Jerry is uh, a water cooler yeah. show, or no? What they were they were saying something else is a water cooler show, and George's like, "Oh, it shouldn't be a water cooler show. It should be a coffee machine show." Yeah, nobody uses water coolers anymore. They drink out of bottles. <laughs> Which, wow, that is more popular than ever. I know that that was just hilarious. Yeah, that he just gets into semantics like that. But they want to do a thirteen episode commitment for jerry put it on on wednesdays really have it build an audience because they really believe in it and you know maybe speaking of the pilot with jerry and the elaine character oh the president's like oh maybe i see them getting together and george is like well you know <laughs> relationship humor is not really our thing and then i love it he's like or we could just not do the show at all <laughs> <laughs> just so just direct and to the point george is like get them together yeah <laughs> Also, I loved uh, one of the execs, I can't remember which one it was, just said, love that Kramer guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they have sealed the deal, and they go out of the waiting room, and true to form, there is no hugging. They go to hug each other, and they can't <laughs> bring themselves to do it, and so there we go. After all the hugging at the end of last week's episode, or the episode right before this one, I guess, you know, you get uh, no hugging. So over to Lane's, she is calling Jill from home, but she takes Jerry's call because he tells her it's an emergency when he beeps in in call waiting. Now, and Jerry's like, well, why didn't you tell me it was Jill? Now she's lost a phone face-off. You've given her the cell phone call from the street, and she's lost a phone face-off because he told her it was an emergency. Mm -hmm. uh, and so th the parents are finding out in Florida. Jerry's parents are excited. And the only thing that Mort watches on TV is Xena. He thinks <laughs> he thinks she has to be 6'6". Six, six. I love, like, that's his whole reason for really, like, liking it and watching it. He's like, she's got to be at least 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, yeah, he's like, uh, glad there's going to be something good on TV besides... Xena, Warrior Princess. I wonder how tall Lucy Lawless is, though. I'm going to look that up. 5'10". So tall. Okay. Tall side of things. And the Costanzas are excited at first, but then Estelle doesn't <laughs> think that George is going to be able to produce, uh, he, that he can't write. He, where are you going to come up with the ideas? I think the whole thing sounds stupid. <laughs> 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 up in Jerry's apartment. Jerry, this is where the, we get great phone exposition. What? I can use the NBC jet and I can go wherever I want. Wow. Yeah. Th like repeating what the person said. Like, yeah, just fucking said that. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> What'd I just say? Yeah. I, I, I want to hear both sides of that phone yeah, conversation. Yeah. 
to like, hey, guess what, Jerry? You can take uh, you can take the NBC plane and go wherever I want. Wow, what? I can take the plane and go wherever I want. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow, that's what I said. <laughs> and so Kramer comes in. He went to the beach, and there were lots of femininas there. And he has water in his ear, so he's like jumping up and down trying to get it out. And Jerry tells him he's moving for moving to L.A., but he'll be back. And Kramer doesn't believe him because in L.A. nobody leaves. But Kramer did. Yeah. So, Kramer was the first to move to L.A. Yeah. And then he got out and came back. I don't know. <laughs> Over at Monks, they're trying to decide where to go. Kramer wants to go to Japan because of the geishas. Uh, Elaine wants to go to Russia, but Jerry and George think it's too bleak, even in the spring. Elaine wants to go to Switzerland, but George says it's too hilly. And then she starts digging into him about, you're not going to be walking anywhere. And Jerry finally just throws out Paris and everyone's like, yeah, Paris sounds great. I liked how, but I also thought it was weird. But I did like how whenever Elaine is digging into George, like, you're not going to be walking anywhere. Like, she's almost looking for affirmation from Jerry and Kramer. And they're just giving her nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Up in Jerry's apartment, Elaine is calling Jill on the way out to the airport. But Jerry stops her from doing that because the hurried up phone call on the way out is another lowest form of phone call. Newman comes in and tries to weasel his way onto the trip. (laughs) And Jerry will not let him come. And so Newman vows a reckoning for Jerry. This monologue was incredible. The the day of reckoning yeah. monologue. Jesus. It was pretty good. Very well delivered. I mean, he had to talk for a long time in an, an intense way. And it yeah, he nailed it. I mean, it does get, I think, a little round of applause. It gets a little applause break. Over at the airport, George is unimpressed with the plane that NBC gave them. He doubts it's the Ted Danson plane. And Jerry's like, Ted Danson's <laughs> not even on the network anymore. But he says, I bet when he was, he got a better plane than this. I kind of agree like I wouldn't turn my nose up at any private plane but it doesn't look as boss as some other private planes that I've seen you know what I mean like it looked like it'd been like stripped down there's like no interior design like some of those are put together like living rooms inside and this one was just like institutional (laughs) so I I agree with George but you know not not to the point where I would not take a private plane or, or be upset Kramer starts getting up in the middle of the flight and starts jumping trying to get the water out of his ear he falls into the cockpit the plane nose dives. Everyone thinks they're going to die. <laughs> George confesses that he cheated in the contest. So that means Jerry won. Elaine starts saying, I've always, she's like, I have to tell you something. I've always, and then the plane straightens out and everyone's okay. So on the ground at the airport, they're in Latham, Massachusetts, and they've got to check out the plane before they get back in the air. So the guy says, I'll beep you when we're ready. Here's another question I have. Could a small private jet like this really make the f- transatlantic flight to Paris? Um... I don't know. It doesn't. Probably. I don't know. Like, the, they don't have a lot of fuel capacity. I I want to say so because, like, I don't know. I mean, all the fucking wealthy people in the world aren't taking full-size planes anytime they fly anywhere. Right. Let me just see. I don't know what kind of... Uh... So, I just looked up the Gulfstream G6, the G650. It can go 7,000 nautical miles. Okay. Let me go nautical miles from... NYC to De Gaulle. Uh, oh, okay. It's only 3,158 nautical miles. It, it, you're and, flying... w- and what? It can make 7,000 nautical yeah. miles? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. There we go. Damn. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm looking at uh, uh, compareprivateplanes.com, and they have an article, Can a Private Jet Cross the Atlantic? Private jets provide unparalleled privacy, flexibility, comfort, and efficiency. Flying across the Atlantic by private jet is popular among customers who need to save time while crossing the pond or are required to travel for an emergency. <laughs> 
<laughs> the short answer to this question is yes. Private jets can cross the Atlantic. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to see your Instagram ads now. They're going to think you're in the market for a private plane. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Make me feel rich for once. <laughs> so in the town, so they take a cab in a town. Oh, the, the, I love that the pilot's like, I'll beep you when the plane's ready. I got your beeper number. So great. So great. 90s tech. <laughs> So they go into town, and did you notice like the Mayberry style Seinfeld oh my theme God. song? Yeah, brilliant. This is and this is on the the Warner lot. I would recognize that oh. fucking gazebo anywhere. No way, that's yeah. awesome. Like, what have you seen it in? Uh, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. Oh, oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome. But but also, oh God, I, I mean, they filmed Friends on that lot. They filmed the opening to Friends, and I think the gazebo is in the back of that. <laughs> trying to think of like other things that like specifically that gazebo is in. I think One Tree Hill <sighs> used that gazebo a bit. Yeah, I was wondering because it was it was obviously not their normal set, and so yeah. But the, also the the Mayberry style Seinfeld theme was was pretty awesome. Like the folksy, <laughs> that was brilliant. Not George, the yeah. not the only new I know take on the Seinfeld theme that we hear. I know they did a lot of great musical work for this. Kudos to Jonathan Wolf. <laughs> uh, George insists that Jerry call for another plane and demand that he get the Ted Danson plane. <laughs> uh, while they're uh, talking about this, a carjacking happens and Kramer films the carjacking while the gang riffs and makes fun of the guy getting Where did carjacked. Kramer get a camera? I know. Yeah. And he had it like so ready too. Uh, <laughs> so after the carjacker leaves, the sheriff comes over and arrests the gang under the Good Samaritan law, where if there's a reasonable way for you to help out, you have to help out somebody that is in danger. And here's where I'm like, well, reasonable. That guy, he might not have had a gun, but he was saying he had a gun. And to me, it's reasonable enough to want not want to get involved uh, in something like that. Yeah. So maybe maybe the reasonableness would be like run somewhere and call 911 or something like that. But but also the cop had to have been the cop is there immediately. I know this is just a TV show, but why, the cop is there. Why couldn't the cop have done anything? Yeah, he was within eyesight of a carjacking, and then came over and arrest people for not doing anything. It's like you know what? <laughs> Maybe arrest yourself. You were right there. Uh, so at the police department, he's talking about how they want to make an example out of them because it's a brand new law, kind of inspired by the paparazzi that would not help Princess Diana and just took pictures instead of helping after the car wreck. And it carries a max fine of $85,000 and five years in prison. Jesus Christ. I know. And so the gang calls the best lawyer they know, Jackie Childs. And I, I love what he says here. You don't have to help anybody. That's what this country is all about. <laughs> Just becomes truer every day. And Jackie uh, agrees to take the case. And he makes the front page of the Latham Ledger, like his name, Jackie Childs, to represent <laughs> the New York yeah. Four, I think. Right. Yeah. So that God. makes me think that, I mean, that makes me think that Jackie Childs is more like Johnny Cochran than we even knew, like in the universe of the show, like he's a world famous lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm guessing the New York Four, is that a play on the West Memphis Three? Yeah, I think so. Or like the Central okay. Park, what was the Central Park, the Central Park Four, Central Park C Eight? Central Park like Five? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay. I think um, the Chicago Seven, you know, I think anytime okay. a big group of people is arrested, they City kind of, and number. Yeah, city and number. Yeah, they always get <laughs> paired together. Yeah. Um, in the DA's office, and I recognize this actor too, I wish I could remember from where, but I couldn't think of it, so... I better write capital D, capital A actor, because otherwise I'm going to look at this later and go, duh, duh actor. actor. <laughs> duh actor? What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> duh actor? Duh actor. 
yeah, I definitely recognized him. Man, I think he might be in the game, but also I, I think he's just one of those character actors. That's why it's so hard for me to place him. Is like he's one of those character actors that's in like everything. But he's like, you know what? All the eyes are on Latham. It is a this is a must win for us. Otherwise, we're gonna look like idiots. <laughs> so I want you to find out everything about these people and I mean everything so in the cell the gang is eating and George is upset again because now the sheriff won't check up on them to see if they want ketchup for instance and Jerry gets beeped that the plane is ready and it's it's weird that they didn't confiscate Jerry's communication device yeah yeah <laughs> they, they didn't like they, they didn't take anything yeah there's there's a lot is there is this the only cop too is it is like a one cop town it might be well no it's uh the cop that's watching them and the cop that arrested them it's a two cop oh town. two cop town okay very much like mayberry i guess <laughs> uh and so now we get a little clip of rivera live wow oh, man i'm gonna have to look up rivera live and do a dive on that <laughs> Yeah, because I don't really remember him having a show. I can't believe he's still around. Of course, a Fox News contributor now. But did you notice when he starts the show, he's like, it's being talked about everywhere in homes and at water coolers. Did you notice that? <laughs> I, I thought did, that was yeah. such a great callback. And he's covering the trial. It's become a media circus, mainly because of Jackie Childs showing up uh, and the New York Four being from New York. And I like that the reporter on the scene is like, you know, we're getting, we're hearing that Jerry and Elaine used to date. And he was like, oh, and Geraldo's like, maybe this trial will bring them closer together. Maybe they'll get married. And I couldn't decide whether I liked these little winks to the mystery <laughs> of the finale along the way. Like when the plane is crashing, Jerry goes, is this how it ends? And, and <laughs> Rivera going, maybe Elaine and Jerry get married at the end of this. Like it's very meta, you know? I see. I did like that. I yeah. did like all of these because I'm like, oh my god, okay, just, <laughs> just get get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it hadn't, like, you know, Jerry just loved the <laughs> fact. It just to me, it seemed that Jerry loved the fact that everybody was talking about this and and just yeah, and was just relishing and and basking in that. Which I guess you know he built it from the ground up, so why not? But um, it did feel a little too smug to me. All this meta meta jokes but uh, it was that was okay man we've talked about ketchup in this episode we've talked about relishing now we just uh, need someone to mustard something oh ah. <laughs> so everybody's everybody's packing to head to latham massachusetts uh all the parents newman we get this montage of leo jay peterman putty in the eight ball jacket uh mickey which by the way putty and mickey are neighbors we find out they live oh, like yeah. right next door to each other uh banya the rosses uh the rabbi Keith okay. Hernandez, that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, I didn't recognize who the rabbi or uh, Keith Hernandez were. Yeah. Like, I, I tried writing down all the names, and after the Rosses, I put Guy and Fedora, <laughs> and then after that, I wrote Walmart Burt Reynolds for <laughs> Keith Walmart Hernandez. <laughs> well, it's been it's been years since we saw Keith Hernandez in in our time and in the show. I time. know, I know. It's so funny that they brought him back. Like, and he was such like. <laughs> He was such a stick in the mud compared to the wild nature of the show that I just love that, you know, he's this unassuming, normal guy. I just love that he, <laughs> he popped up again. And, and George Steinbrenner is going as well. So at the courthouse, Jackie shows up and he's upset that they're not wearing the clothes he told them to also, wear. Also, I... I I, I want to point out that uh, Jerry says conserving milk is one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're getting to eat cereal, but they can't use as much milk as, as they're used to because <laughs> he wanna, wants to make sure it lasts. And, yeah, when his, and when his mom is packing, she's packing him tons of cereal because he said that's what he misses the most about the outside, I guess. But yeah, Jackie shows up. And to me, this is very, again, Johnny Cochran, like talking about how like George isn't wearing the cardigan he told him to wear. Jerry's wearing the wrong color of tie. Like that jury 
manipulation that Johnny Cochran was supposedly so, so great at, you know, arguing that even the way you dress is going to, you know, tip this case one way or another. But Elaine and Kramer always look good, according to Jackie Childs. But he does give Jerry this ugly ass tie to put on. It's like abstract splatter art tie, uh, very brightly colored, but I, I guess it I guess it tested well. In the courtroom, the case is being presided over by Judge Arthur Vandelay, <laughs> which George is like, that's got to be a great sign. And they begin their opening arguments, the opening statements, and the DA says that the city council of Latham, Massachusetts voted 12 to 2 to pass this Good Samaritan law. Their city council has 14 members. Jesus I- Christ. Pittsburgh has nine. The city of Pittsburgh has <laughs> nine city council, nine districts of city council. And Latham, Massachusetts has 14. <laughs> Just insane. But he's going to prove there's a history of self-absorption and greed and that these are horrible people who are a detriment to society. And this is just the latest in a long line of the same type of behavior. And Newman is crunching popcorn during this thing, which I love. I wish someone made a gif of that because I'd rather use that than Michael Jackson or any of the other popcorn gifs that are out there. (laughs) Next time I need the popcorn gif, I'm going to use Newman in the courtroom. And Jackie gets up and I thought he made a really good point that like, Innocent bystander. That's the only kind of bystander there is. That's the essence of bystanding is that you're innocent. You know, these people are going to create the guilty bystander. And I thought putting that on the jury and go, you could be right here next just because you're watching a crime being committed and you don't want to get involved. Like, I thought that was a great opening argument. I would wonder if any, like the, you know, the law blog or if any of the lawyers that are into the show and have have analyzed it that way would, would agree because... I thought that was a great strategy to just tell the jury, yeah, what's next? You, you could be here because you didn't want to stop a mugging like you're Superman or something. But, but, but it was also funny, the guilty bystander. So the prosecution calls the arresting officer and they play the video of the arrest where they can hear like Jerry <laughs> and Elaine are kind of ashamed, surprisingly. But George thinks his joke is still hilarious, <laughs> which is which was maybe the worst of all of them because it was hey, he's doing him a favor. Doesn't have any money to buy food. Like, it was basically a rehash of Jerry's joke, which was, there goes the money for the lipo. Yeah. And Elaine's was completely original. Like, it's great robbing a fat guy because the getaway is easy. And then George's was just a rehash of Jerry's. But he's (laughs) proud of it. And they call the mugged guy. And the the NBC execs show up to watch. Crespi and and Stu show up to watch. And George berates them and yells at them about the plane. Uh, And then the next person they call is Mabel Choate. As a character witness, it's the woman who Jerry stole the marble rye from. And to prove it's her, we get to watch the clip of Jerry stealing the marble rye. So ah. now the finale of the most groundbreaking show in American history, well, maybe is not. Is also but, a clip show. Yeah, is also a clip show, which we yeah. just we just sat through an hour of a clip show. And now we're going to sit through another clip show. And now, maybe, Ted. Maybe they thought we didn't remember her. Yeah. And, and now... Maybe, Ted, are you starting to realize at this point why this finale is is kind of hated? Uh, yeah, because it just <laughs> goes on and on and on and recaps the show, just like the last hour did yes. in the clip show. Yeah, because up next is Marla Penny, the virgin, who testifies about the contest. And I thought this was kind of cool because when Marla was on the first time, it wasn't a cameo because that actress did not book... Frasier until after she was on Seinfeld, but Frasier was already a huge hit at this point. So her coming back was uh, kind of a, a cameo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, for- I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, they also call Donald, so she talks about the contest, and they call Donald Sanger the bubble boy. And just in case you forgot him, we see the clip of the moops, the <sighs> wheelchair lady from the parking spot, and we see the clip 
of her yeah. falling down the hill. The doctor from Susan's death who describes George's hearing about Susan dying as restrained jubilation. We No clip for this guy. No clip. We did not get the clip. Hmm. Um, Sidra Hollis shows up. That is Terry Hatcher. And she was kind of in the middle. She was in the middle of a career lull at this point because she booked Lois and Clark after her appearance on Seinfeld in 93. And then Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman ended in 97, just the year before this. So she didn't get Mm. desperate housewives until 2004. She did a bond movie in 97 too. She was the bond girl uh, in in 97. Yeah. So, but between 97 and 04, she didn't really do much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was probably still working, but nothing as big as her next big break, which would have been desperate housewives. Interestingly enough. Yeah. And, and we get to see the clip of Elaine falling on Sidra bookman, is there. It was nice to see Bookman again, the uh, library detective. We see the apartment, the George's girlfriend from the fire in the apartment, and we get the clip of that. Yeah, we yeah. see the clip. The parking garage security guard, and we see the clip of that. And the only thing I like about this is that it sets up a chance for the DA to yell about these two having a pee party, sort of calling. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to hear that phrase brought up again since Jerry said it to George earlier. The cop from, actually, I don't even know if this guy appeared on screen. No, he didn't. We only heard his voice. Yeah, it's the cop. So this could have been anybody. (laughs) Yeah. The cop from the wig who busted Kramer getting in a fight with a prostitute in the parking lot in in that episode. We we see the puffy shirt designer who was a low talker. George Steinbrenner testifies that George is great, except he's a communist. (laughs) That was funny, too. (laughs) Uh, You know why? Because it was... We didn't see the clip. It was just like we didn't have to see a clip of George being, uh, you know, talking to the woman on the phone about being a communist, trying to pick up communist women from the back of the the Daily Worker. So Frank, I love this is one of my favorite runners of the whole series, too, is that anytime Frank is in the room with Steinbrenner, he can't help but berate him about a horrible financial decision that he's made. With the team. So he yells, how could you pay 12 million dollars for Hideki Arabu? I, I had to, you know, I'm gonna write that down. I want to know all about the, the fall of Hideki Arabu and why it was such a bus to pay him 12 million dollars the bodega owner who of course knows jerry was involved in cockfighting the pharmacist who sold elaine sponges which now you know sex is on trial you know you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do that Uh, not allowed to fuck it's illegal yeah it means you're a bad person if you have sex so a guy shows up and says elaine exposed her nipple who this guy is i have no idea and the court is like oh oh i know It must have just been somebody who got a Christmas card, but because that's what it's referring to, right? It was just so confusing because I didn't know who the hell this guy was. And just uh, Justin Pitt, Elaine's former boss, and then they call Yev Kassem, the real no name. No one knows of, who he is. Yeah, but they open the doors, and it's the Soup Nazi. And I did like Jackie's little aside here, like, you guys have a little pet name for everybody. <laughs> uh, and we get two clips of the Soup Nazi. Yeah. So they show a clip, and then he's like, and then this happened. And then they show another clip. Like, what the... Oh, God. Babu Bot, who made even less of a case for himself than he did blaming Jerry in the episode that he's in, because he blames Jerry for the restaurant failing. Like, no one no one told him to do... Like, he, he told me to change the restaurant to Pakistani, and then no one came. It's like, well, you know what? That sounds like a you problem. That sounds like your fucking fault. Uh, that and sounds then, like you did no marketing for your new restaurant, and you just opened it and expected people to come. Yeah, because uh, like like Arab Arabic cuisine restaurants can do great in New York City, I bet. And then he blames uh, him for mixing up the mail. He's like, then he got me a, an apartment in his building. <laughs> That's nice. And then the mail got mixed up. How is that his fault? <laughs> uh, before we move on from this endless stream of character witnesses, yeah. 
or what it felt like was endless. I do want to say the only one of these I liked was Yevkasem because instead of just saying what happened that we all saw in the show, it told what happened after his interaction with the gang. He had to close his store and he had to move to Argentina. Yeah, and he does say that Elaine like, published like we, his we, recipes. Yeah, like we, we had an idea of that, but yeah. it wasn't ever like confirmed. Everything else was just like, hey, remember this thing from the show? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least we did find out that, yeah. he. I mean, because um, remember we were puzzled by that joke, though. It's a Nazi joke about the Nazis moving to Argentina or to South America to avoid, you know, war crimes trials and stuff like that. But but it was confirmed in this episode that that's, that is what happened. And that that I was interested to find out that Elaine did publish the recipes somewhere, which is which is a pretty brutal move. <laughs> Yeah, that is the yeah, this was very a very long segment of the show that I don't even know where they put a commercial in, if at all. Uh, the other uh, right after, right after it, right after this. Yeah. So like yep. that, that was a long segment of like no commercial break. I got to say, I, I got to agree. I, I think this is uh, this is our third. Com- that, that's our fourth commercial break. Ah in the show so far is after that trial that makes after sense. that stream of character witnesses it was just an extended it was just a, it was just a long portion of show as opposed to you know to, to not have a break in the middle of i i liked when yev kasem says his name and he won't spell it for he's like could you spell it? he's like no next question i did i did like <laughs> that too so uh, we get another segment of rivera live where the jury has been deliberating for four hours and what did i write here Jackie's case. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so the jury's been delivering for four hours. Did Jackie not not get to deliver his side of the the, the defense? <laughs> not get a portion of trial here? No, it's no. See, Tim, don't you know how small town law works? Yeah. It's just uh, prosecution saying what you did wrong, and then the jury decides. That's all it. prosecution. Yeah, flying in witnesses from New York City. <laughs> Countless witnesses, and I, I noticed uh, I noticed it earlier, but I decided to look up the, when the um, the reporter that he's talking to in the town is has a microphone that says WWEN, and <laughs> I couldn't find any FCC record for a television station that uses WWEN. There is a Catholic radio station in Wentworth, Wisconsin, that uses WWEN as their call letters. But of course, Ted, you might be able to guess when I search WWEN. TV, what you know, it's kind of impossible to search because what do you think pops up? WWE. Yeah, the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could find. WWE and. Edward. <laughs> yeah, WWEN. I guess that's how you, uh, you know, um, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Shorten it. Yeah, so I was like, well, I'm not even going to bother going to page 90 million to find out if there's ever been a WWEN TV. And so here's the most annoying part of the whole thing. The witnesses all recapped the show that we've loved for nine seasons. Now, this reporter recaps every witness we saw. Geraldo's like, who do you think had the most? Uh, he's like, well, you never know. It could have been the Pakistani immigrant or the... Uh, blah 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 or this guy or that like she talks about everybody we just saw i'm like god this is painful yeah the, i i literally only wrote for this talking about trial nothing new you know what's hilarious because because there's nothing new here so i like this episode is is you know whatever 50 minutes or something like that uh 55 minutes something like that and i didn't get a chance to watch it yesterday and i was like great i guess i'll wake up early on sunday and do it and I woke up at like seven and the family starts usually moving around around eight. And I was like, great, I got 45 minutes of this. That means it's probably going to take like an hour and a half to watch. And I was done probably in 50 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like, didn't pause it once? I didn't need to pause it, just like the clip show. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't need to stop at all or do anything because it was just clips. <laughs> 
Um, it was like the, the, the third fastest episode that I've ever watched, like the other two being the other clip shows. Uh, so outside uh, or in the courthouse, they're talking about how they don't want to wear the orange jumpsuit. Uh, Elaine does not look good in orange. Kramer is, references Jackie. Evidently, he did get to at least cross-examine some witnesses because he references Jackie asking if a black man had ever been to the police officer's house, which, again, reminds me of a lot of Johnny Cochran-type question. Yeah, so I guess there was some cross-examination and defense was allowed to at least talk about some sort of case. Yeah, uh, it just wasn't important for us to see. Nah. No. And nah. Uh, in the judge's chambers, Estelle pleads with the judge to go easy on George and even tries to seduce him. And then we get a montage of waiting. And we see a lot of other people who were not character witnesses but are in town, like Wilhelm. We see Poppy. We see Lipman. We see Mr. Ross buying a gun. What do you think? Like, when he buys that gun, he sort of doesn't look happy about it. What do you think that gun was for? I think he's going to murder George if he's innocent. <laughs> that That's what I thought, too. But then I was like, is he going to kill himself? Like, because he kind of looks depressed after he buys it. He's like, well, this is it. But maybe he just knows that killing George is going to be the end of his life, essentially, too. But he knows he has to do it. And Jackie is hooking up with Sidra. And I thought this was a weird joke. Oh, Jackie, you're so articulate. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know if that Ugh, was the... I didn't even catch that. A Johnny oh. Cochran reference or whatever. But it's like, you know, it's what, like, white people say about black people when they're uh, well-spoken is another thing. Oh, he's so well-spoken, like when they're surprised at-, at Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's the thing that white people think is a compliment, but no, it's yeah. just a, a racist microaggression. Yeah, it's just a backhanded compliment at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and maybe that was something Johnny Cochran, you know, there was something in the news. I have no idea, but I, it was just a weird, it was weird. Uh, so in the courtroom, Jerry asked Elaine what she was going to say on the plane. And she says, oh, I was going to say, I've always loved United Airlines. Boo. Uh... Boo. <laughs> and here's where we get that great dramatic orchestra theme, though, as the jury yeah. enters. Beautiful. Oh, my God. And as they pan around the room to everybody, I spotted another face who didn't get to testify, but is in town. Ramon, the uh, the pool guy that wanted oh to be Terry's friend. Oh, my God. I didn't even yeah. catch Ramon. Ramon okay. was there. And the jury finds the defendants guilty uh, on the charge uh, that they didn't help out when they should have. And the judge is like, you know what? We're going to do sentencing right now. And he sentences them, to, which, again, is not. Maybe it's a small town, small town jurisdiction. One year removed from society, one year in prison to think about the way you've been acting since you've been a part of society. And Elaine, as everyone gets up to leave, Elaine says to Putty, Putty, don't wait for me. And he goes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of this episode. Yeah. And then Jackie leaves with Sidra. And Jackie makes sure to tell Jerry that they're real and they're spectacular. And the gang walks into the cell uh, again, this is the same hallway from the dance clip that we were talking about at the end of this episode in the middle of last week's episode. And <laughs> so here's one thing weird that the Jerry says. He's like, so one year and we'll be back. Like everyone thought after this episode aired, like that was a confusing <laughs> line for everybody because they were like one year and we'll be back. So you mean you're going to take a year off and then bring the show back or, and he had to like, I remember Seinfeld literally having to clarify like, no, no, that's even though they're only in jail for a year, that's, that's it. That's the end of the show. Well, that line does get a little bit interesting whenever I was looking up something else about uh, our future. I will get into that in a little bit. Oh, and I noticed that <laughs> Elaine is wearing a cross necklace in this scene, too, which I thought was weird considering her aversion to religion when Putty was getting into it. 
but maybe it's just yeah. a fashion, just a fashion choice, I guess. Uh, and Elaine's like, wait a minute, what if I called Jill from prison? You only get one phone call. That's like the king of phone calls. And Jerry's down with that idea. Kramer stands up and starts jumping again and pounding his head. And finally, his ear is clear and the water's gone. <laughs> and Jerry starts talking about the buttons on George's shirt, talking about how that second one can make or break a whole shirt. I think that one's too high. And George is like, have we had this conversation before? And Jerry's like, oh, maybe. And in case you don't remember, that is the first conversation while the opening credits are rolling on the pilot episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> Back when the diner was still Pete's and it looked really weird inside and all <laughs> bright and neon. And they're sitting in like sitting on a table at a table in the middle of the floor and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really like that callback. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was a great way. That was a great way to end it. But but I hate how we do have, we have one little uh, segment here of Jerry in an orange jumpsuit performing stand up for the prison. And Kramer is cracking up, but everyone else is just staring at him and he's doing crowd work. <laughs> but by the way, so we know Latham. This is so this is the Latham County prison. So Latham is probably a city within the larger county of Latham County, but is that not the most dangerous small county in America? Like Jesus Christ. There's guys in there for like Grand Theft Auto and Murder One, and there's it's a sizable prison population. They have cell blocks going all the way up to at least D. Like they need maybe more than two cops, I think, in uh in this <laughs> in this area. But Jerry is well, eventually they, yeah. they've got they've got two city cops at two least. City there cops. are more cops in the in the county prison we see. Here's the thing that upset me about that, and this goes back to me probably when I was in news they're calling him officer and stuff like that, but he definitely like the cops definitely work for a sheriff's department. And in, and in that case, like normally you have like a sheriff's department, like a county sheriff's department and then city police. That's normally how it's divvied up as far as I've ever known, but they still call him officer, but you would not call a sheriff's deputy officer. You call him deputy, I think, but maybe it's just a catch all name for a cop. But he, he definitely has like sheriff's department on his shoulder and, and wears like a big star. And yet they keep calling him you know, officer and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's obviously not, you know, don't go to Latham. It's obviously the most dangerous place in America. <laughs> but Jerry's pulled off stage and everyone boos him. I noticed this for the first time on the Castle Rock card. I saw www.seinfeld.com sort of superimposed yeah, over that. That was weird. I saw that too. <laughs> that was weird. I think that's the first time they did that. I, I'm, I'm almost certain it is. Because we both noticed it and we're like, whoa, yeah. that's different. Yeah, and it, and it stuck out. So what was I going to say about... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, just... So that that's the end of the episode. But that's what irked me about this whole thing is like the finale was not really final. You know, like we don't know what's going to happen to... like. We know what's going to happen to them in the next year, but normally with finales, you get like a much further view of like what these characters are going to go on to do. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's the point. Like, well, after after a year, nothing's going to change. They're probably going to go back to New York and be the same four assholes that you've watched for nine years. <laughs> maybe that's the point. I, I don't know. But it did still, it, this finale had a, a distinct lack of finalness about it to me. Because, you know, because of that that line where he's like, oh, you know, be gone for a year and then we'll be back. Like, uh, OK, but yeah. So so that's the end of the episode. All right. So what do we got for homework this week? We've got <laughs> Burt Lancaster. Why did Kramer sound like Burt Lancaster? Uh, who was the actor that played James Kimbrough? Who was the actor that played the D.A.? What's the deal with Rivera Live? And why was Frank so upset about Hideki Arabu? <laughs> All right. So we will have to record a, a very loose format only homework episode next week. <laughs> only homework, but also the big reveal. Ooh. Yeah, do you want to do you want to save the big reveal for that? You don't yeah. want to do it here? Yeah, let's okay. save it. Okay, okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> okay, all right, okay, okay. we'll save it. We'll save it. What do, we got, what do we got for cover art this week? 
God, I mean, you kind of have to do all four of them in the cell. That's kind of perfect. I mean, it gives everything away, but like, you know, are you really... Is anybody watching this yeah. that hasn't... Is anybody listening to this that hasn't watched the episode? Yeah, is it really going to spoil? <laughs> is it going to really spoil this uh, 24-year-old th- episode of television? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably not. So that that might be... A, are you thinking anything else? Do you have anything else in mind? No, no. no. I think that's it. Um, do we want to come up with a better description? I know we've had multiple thrown out there, but I, I really like when it just doesn't give away anything of the episode, but I also didn't like the TV Guide one being a full paragraph of like, no right. one really knows what to expect in this series finale of the iconic sitcom Seinfeld. Yeah, the, the question is, do you want to do a synopsis or do you want to do a tease? You know, like normally I feel like we tried to we tried to, to toe the line, mm-hmm. but like this episode was the ultimate tease because no one knew how this game changing sitcom was going to end. And that was the idea. That was the hype behind it. The mystery was part of the hype. But, you know, do we want to come up with a synopsis that teases it, but also is going to give away more than they were willing to in the initial airing? Yeah. Um, what what, did, what do you want to do? Do you want to just look at Netflix and see if we can make it better? Yeah, let's, let's okay. just look at... Uh, well, the, the one on Netflix is Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer are arrested for violating a good Samaritan law, leading to a trial featuring characters from the show's past. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it too, but I... But also, I I think it serves the purpose well. What would you What would you change about it? Maybe um, would you want to start with like you know Jerry and George, uh, NBC. Well, that sort of happens in the first couple minutes. Like you know NBC uh, NBC picks up Jerry and George's sitcom, but after receiving incredible news. Oh, how about how about something like the gang celebrates incredible news with a trip that's cut short? Something something you know something like that that is unexpectedly cut short. Yeah. The gang yeah, I don't know. <laughs> celebrating incredible news on a trip. <laughs> on a trip to celebrate incredible news, the gang is unexpectedly held up in a small town or something like that. The gang's held up on a small town or in a small town. Uh, held up in a small town. Uh, actually, I think the first way I said it, it, you know, maybe better, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I like the way we're headed with it. I think it teases a little bit better. You know, it hides the fact that their sitcom gets picked up and hides the fact that they get arrested. You know, so on a trip, on a trip to celebrate good news uh, or, or the gang's held up in a small town during a trip to celebrate good news or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I like that, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I, I, flip, flip it around again because I think it flows better flipped around uh, on a trip to celebrate good news, comma, the gang is unexpectedly held up in a small town. Yeah, I think that's fine. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, next week, we have got um, an oh. episode <laughs> all about homework. Yeah, um, mini But, app. yeah, mini app <laughs> next week. But we will reveal the, epi- the, the show that we will be talking about following Seinfeld. I mean, if you're a Patreon member, you already know what it is. If you don't want to wait for us to reveal it on our mini app, go subscribe over there. Yeah. Just five bucks a month, and you'll know what it is, and you get all of our content over there. Patreon.com slash no hugging. I feel like we're at the beginning of the show again. <laughs> um, okay, so is, oh. is that it? Okay, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> For no hugging, no learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good.